You know, we've been talking about, in a big way, friendship. We've been talking about how to be friends, the need to have friends, what good healthy friendships look like. Talked about that. We said we ought to be friends, but then how do we, how do, we do it? How do we, how do we grow in our relationships? How do we grow in a way that is in alignment with what the scriptures teach us? So the Bible has a lot to say about how we are to grow as a person, how we're to treat people, how relationships work best. And so when we look at what the scriptures have to say, there's a lot of wisdom there. And so we've been trying to sit with that. And so last week we looked at what it means to be a person who sees things that are often missed. We're going to look at now from a slightly different perspective, obviously, what we just talked about, this idea of hearing. Let me start by having us read a portion of scripture that we looked at last week from Matthew 13. In Matthew 13, these are the words of Jesus. He says, this is why I use these parables, a parable, as some of us may know, was a story, is a story. Jesus, much of Jesus' teaching uh, was, or at least a, a good portion of it, was in story form. So Jesus would use stories. In fact, that's a lot about what we just did here. We, we took something that was a piece of art and we tried to convey a truth through it, a spiritual truth through something that was an art piece. That can be done in music. It can be done as we've, as we've also done today as well. It can be done through drama or poetry or or just you know, visual art. There are so many ways that we can learn about spiritual things, about things from the Lord. Jesus used stories. He was an artist. He used stories to open people up in ways that maybe they would have otherwise not been open. He did that not just because he was concerned. He said, well, he was just concerned about the common people who maybe weren't that highly educated. And so he had to kind of take these deep things from God and use stories to get them to understand it. That, you, we would be missing. That, he may have done that, and that may have been an added benefit of it. But that wasn't the only reason he used stories. He knows that as human beings, we are hardwired to learn. Stories draw us in. And not only that, there were people who were very educated and very religiously trained in Jesus' day who were completely close to him. They had a paradigm of God that was extraordinarily closed. And Jesus didn't just love the people who were more innocent. He loved also the people who were locked up in their self-righteousness. And the parables were given for them as well. Because it allowed them to maybe hear something in a way that their paradigm would not have allowed them to hear it. Because everything that Jesus did was connected to hearing. In fact, he goes on to say this. This is why I use these parables. He says, because they look, but they don't really see. And notice, they hear, but they don't really, what? They don't really listen or understand. And there's a way to hear God. There's a, there's a way that we, we hear him and we're not really hearing him. There's a way that we hear someone and they're not, we're not really hearing what they have to say. Um, one of the more common phrases that Jesus used in the Gospels, in the four you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the four books of the Bible that talk about and convey and, and give us the picture of the life of Christ in detail. If you study the Gospels, you'll find there's this phrase that keeps coming up. Jesus used it a lot. In fact, he would use it a lot at the end of his teachings. He would say this phrase, and we're going to just put it up there. He would say, for the person who has ears to hear, let them hear. And it was almost like, for those of you who can hear me, listen to me. Open up your heart. Let, let, let this truth penetrate at a deeper level. We can listen in a way that we're closed. So we're hearing something, but we're not really open. Or we can listen in a way that we're very open and, very, and we have a teachable spirit. 
and we are ready to, to respond. In fact, Jesus was always trying to tell people, please don't just listen and hear it and let it go one out, ear out the other ear, but listen in a way that causes you to engage what I'm saying and respond to it. It was very important that for him that we didn't just listen casually, and it's still true today. You know, again, looking at another uh, a portion of Scripture that we examined last week from James 1, verses 19 and 20, is we're given this real practical wisdom. We're told that we are to be, let every one of us be, what? Quick to hear, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, and there's usually a connection between those three things. Because anger or wrath doesn't really work what is righteous in God's eyes. It doesn't really produce anything that's good. In fact, a lot of our great mistakes occur because we're angry and we say things we don't mean or we do things we, don't, we wouldn't normally have done because we're angry. Now, the Lord reminds us that, that real relational maturity, real health is going to... And this is, see, again, we go, well, you know, this doesn't sound like it's really deep necessarily, but it's, it's where we live life. Think about it. Where do most of our problems occur in life? I mean, most, a, lot, a significant amount of the tension in our life right now is, is usually involves other people. A lot of times we'll have relational breakdowns with people who we're supposed to love the best. And friendships that were going great, all of a sudden something happens to them, they're not working well, we're mad at one another, something was said, you didn't defend me, whatever, something comes out, a word was said, a word wasn't said that should have been said when someone else said something about me or someone did something and, and we feel compelled to respond to that. I mean, just the things that get, the impasses that come our way. And I can't tell you how many times, this, I mean, you know, even just in, in the years of ministry here, sitting in a room with, with a, a married couple and, and watching what has happened to them in the breakdown of a relationship and how a wall has just been, since built up in the middle of a home and there's no genuine hearing going on. There's no real communication going on. There's a breakdown. Each person entrenched in their offense, stubborn. This can happen again in a number of ways. It can happen in the workplace. But I'm talking about in our closest relationships where no one's really hearing the other person. Each of us lost in our own offense, our own hurt. We're not hearing what's really being said. We're having a hard time. That kind of environment is death, is deadly. A lot of this has to do, okay, look at it this way. A lot of our issues, that are, are the problems of our lives, are connected to our relationships, people issues. And then a lot of our relational problems are connected to our communication patterns, and a lot of our commu communication patterns that break down are because we aren't listening right. And if we're not listening right, then we're not going to be able to diagnose or properly discern what the real issue is here, and we're not going to be able to move forward and get better. So actually listening matters a whole lot. It really does affect us. I mean, we can talk about believing the right things, but Jesus said, this thing, if it's going to be real, it's got to show up in our life. It's got to show up in the way we live. It's got to show up in the way that we talk. And I want to say, it's got to show up in the way we listen and when we hear things. And God cares about us growing. God cares about us moving forward. A lot of us have deep scripts inside of us. We have... We have ways of reacting that are firmly entrenched patterns that we have established over a number of years. They're like grooves in us. The right buttons are pressed. This is what comes out. We've been conditioned. Some of us carry that right from our families right into our own life. The very thing we don't like, we do it when the heat is on. It shows up. It comes out. Where did that come from? See, those are the things that God wants to get at. He wants to get at that because the Lord cares about us. He wants us to be honest. This is true. He wants us to be healers in His name. 
And so if I'm going to be able to be someone who brings blessing to others in this life in his name, then I'm going to need to be open to the things that he wants to do also in my own heart. So I need to hear him. And part of learning how to, to then bless others is going to be how to hear them as well. So this is actually really important stuff. I mean, I used to have a, I think I was thinking about listening, I used to have a person um, who, uh, they're good friends. We are, are, we've been friends for a number of years. Uh, the husband and wife are friends with my wife and I, and we've uh, enjoyed one another's company now for a number of years. They've since moved away. Uh, but I have fond memories of her, of her in particular because we would always laugh because she's one of these real excitable per- people, you know. When she's excited about something, all the world should be excited about what she's excited about. And so there are times when she would say, she was trying to tell me something that was going on, and, and we would all laugh because she, she was uh, what you call a, a close talker. You know what a close talker is? Someone gets... They get into our space, like, you know, we, got, we all have this invisible space where we say, okay, I'm comfortable talking to you. We just each keep a good, healthy distance right here. And then someone, and, someone, we, and it, we, it happens, you know, sometimes we, we, some, some people have a different sense of what is an appropriate space. And they might get into our space, you know, and we find ourselves kind of leaning back a little bit. <laughs> and it's funny, you know, and sometimes people aren't even aware of that dynamic that's going on. But I remember she was a she was a space invader. She would get into my space, right? And then and then she are you listening? You're not listening to me. And I said, Yes, I am. I am listening to you. No, you're not. And she would grab. She was an arm grabber too, like a, a space invader arm grabber, and saying, You need to listen to me. And I'm listening. You got. I'm listening. I'm with you. Please let me go. I mean, you know. And, and so listening actually, you know, it's, it's and it worked though. It was a very effective technique, I might add. Um, but I think, you know, so how do we listen better? How do we, how do we grow in our ability to listen? Because a lot of our problems come as we really aren't hearing what's actually being said. We're, um, we're, we're reading the wrong things. We're hearing in the wrong way. And so a lot of our strife, listen, is, connect, is connected to listening. And uh, there's a lot of reasons why we, have a, we don't do it. I'm going to talk, let me just share some practical thoughts around it. Um, I'm going to suggest it and put it into form that at least works for me. I'm going to suggest three ways of listening that will enhance, I hope, at least get us thinking in the right direction. I'm going to suggest that one of the ways to listen better in our life is to listen with a higher degree of sensitivity. And when I use the word sensitive, you know, a lot of things come to mind, I suppose. When we think of someone being sensitive, we go, oh, well, that person's sensitive. They, they're, you know, you've got to be kind of careful how you talk to them about that issue because that's a real sensitive spot for them. And if you bring that up, it's going to really, you know, they're very emotional about it. We often think of someone being, if we say, oh, that person's kind of overly sensitive, we're thinking that we got, they can get really affected by something if, we, if we're not careful about how we say it. Sort of like it has the idea of being, be fragile, handle with care, very sensitive. And, and so that's one way of thinking about sensitivity it's not really a judgment, more of an assessment, but let me suggest, I'm not really talking about that as much as I'm talking about something else. I'm talking about how we actually listen to people in our meaningful conversations in life. How we engage people who we consider to be friends or people who we are, we are deeply uh, you know, committed to their, their well-being. In church, for example, around certain things that we might be you know, interacting in and uh, just, just life in general, I'm talking about how we tune in, how we listen. Are we listening in an empathetic way? Are we listening really to understand that person? Or are we just sloughing it off? 
I joked about, you know, my friend who required me to listen to her. But there are times where it's almost, I bet you some, sometimes we're so disengaged with our listening that a person might be genuinely trying to share something and we care about that person, but honestly, you know, we just for whatever, we got stuff on our mind or we're, we're I'm, I'm emotionally overloaded. I got no room for this, you know, or I just, you know, I'm just tired. I just don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear it. I mean, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? When we love someone, we're going we're, we're gonna to need to hear what's important to them. And that doesn't always come on uh, our, our schedule. And a lot of times, listening sensitively requires us to, to lay aside our agenda and to be there, to be present, to be, to be engaged, to, and to really understand. I was, I was listening. Uh, I remember I mentioned last week... Uh, that author um, of that classic business book uh, that I referred to, it's now a classic 20 years ago, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Remember we talk, those of you who were here, you remember I was talking about the author and how he was using an example of something that happened in his life when he was in a subway train in New York and how he got on the train and how there was this situation that occurred with a father and his, and his children and he had this exchange and it, it was a shift. Anyway, we talked about that, right? So he also, though, had something else that he shared in that book that also, uh, I thought, touched on something that really affects what we are talking about here. And he was talking about another conversation that he had with, uh, he said it was a father who was just kind of uh, sharing with him his frustration with his teenage son, who he says, not listening to me. You know, he's not, he's not hearing me. And so Covey, the author, relays the conversation he has with that man, and I thought it really is illustrative. And so let me, let me just share it with you. He says, a father once told me, you know, I really can't understand my kid. He just won't listen to me at all. And so Covey says, so I replied to him, okay, let me restate what you said. You don't understand your son because he won't listen to you. Yeah, that's right, he replied. Okay, let me try it again. You don't understand your son because he won't listen to you. That's what I said. Impatiently, he replied. Wait a second. I thought that to understand another person, you need to actually listen to them. Oh, he said, yeah, with a long pause. Oh, he said again as he, the light began. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I, but I do understand him. I know what he's going through. I went through the same thing myself. I guess what I don't understand is why he won't listen to me. Hmm. You see, then he goes on to say, this man didn't have the vaguest idea of what was really going on inside his boy's head. He, he didn't get it. He looked into his own head and thought he saw the world, including his sons. And, that's the, and then he goes on to say, that's the case with so many of us. We're filled with our own rightness, our own autobiography. We, we, we want to be understood. And so he goes on to say, then as a result, a lot of times our conversations become collective monologues. And we never really understand what's going on in, inside another person. And so... It's not just about us. It's, it's about actually genuinely trying to understand where another person is. It's not a, you know, they, won't, they don't understand me. They're not listening to me. Understanding is connected to listening. Secondly, connected to this, 
listen with sensitivity, listen with empathy, yes, but also listen to interpret. You say, what is that? I mean, these are stuff we can apply right away to our lives. Well, it's, 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 when I say interpret, I mean, really what I'm talking about is leaving room for an explanation. Because how many times when we listen, we're reacting already. We, we aren't really hearing something out. We're simply, re it's, it's first react. It's, uh, we make our assessment rapidly, especially if it's something that irritates us or something that we disagree with. Or our first we, re we react to it. We don't really allow for it. A lot of things in life are not always black and white. There, there are things that are, but there are a lot of things that actually there's explanations to them. There's facets of it that if we will hear it out, it will make more sense to us. We may not even agree, but we can at least appreciate it. We can, but if our first reaction is, well, we're not even allowing for an interpretation. We're not even allowing for it. Let me show you. In Proverbs 18, 13, this is, look what it says. It says, he who answers a matter before actually hearing it out, it's actually foolishness and shame. It's, 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 it's not wise. It, the wisdom of hearing something out before we react. I, I can't tell you how many times I've regretted not hearing something out because there was more to it. I was, I was reading in... Uh, Another author of mine, I mentioned his name last time, Louis Smees, and he was talking about um, this, this uh, situation that happened with his daughter, interestingly enough, and he was talking about how she didn't come home. Anyway, I'll just read, it's just a small piece. He says, it was ha it's half past two on a Sunday morning. My daughter, Cindy, Kathy, 17, out with the family car, was supposed to be back by midnight. I'm out of bed, pacing the floor, worried sick angry as a caged cat. When I hear the car's tires crunch the pebbled driveway, my daughter walks in the door. I pounce with words as heavy as thunder from the holy mountain. And before she can even open her mouth, I react to the fact, my daughter kept me out of my wits because she did not come home when she promised. The fact, yes, but he says, but it was the uninterpreted fact. And he goes on to talk about how he really misread that situation. It was far more complex than he realized, but he was reacting out of his fear. And so he cut it off. He cut the communication off without even allowing an interpretation. Again, there are times where we need, where the, really, the thing the Lord would want us to do is to give room for another person to at least explain themselves out. And if we, are, if we establish a pattern where, in a, in a, for example, in a house, where we cut those things off, and we're telling the person what has happened, what you've done, and this is how I feel about it. How could you do that? Then the person, over time, a person gives up even trying to explain things. Well, it's not going to matter anyway. That creates distance. And all of a sudden now, we, if that over time starts to get solidified like clay turning hard, now we have a real problem because we've got communication at deep level not happening. And I can say this, the Lord wants life to be the part, He wants life in our life. And wherever we go, He says, I would have, I would have you to have my life and have it abundantly flowing over. That means it's got to show up in our everydayness of our life. We've got to get past things. We've got to talk about things. We've got to pray through things. And that leads me to this last piece, which is this. Not only are we going to need to listen empathetically, sensitively, not only do we need to listen for the interpretation so that we're more open to hearing the explanation. Again, not necessarily. That explanation may come. And if a person says, well, let me just, before I explain three, let me just add this on to point two, to the second thought. person thinks, well, you heard me out. 
and so therefore you must agree. Well, hearing someone out and agreeing are not synonymous things. Uh, that it, just because I hear, we hear someone out or someone hears us out doesn't mean necessarily that they would agree with us. They may still think that that was probably unnecessary. Or they, a person may still hold to the conclusion that, okay, uh, I, we, we still have a problem here. So, but you said you were going to hear me out. I did hear you out. But hearing out is not necessarily signing off. But what it means is I'm giving room. Hear me. I'm giving room to really genuinely understand. I may still understand and disagree. And that's a mature relationship. But the, what we're talking about is where people can't even get the freedom to share their heart or the complexity of what's happening. And because it's cut off, there's no room. So it's not just a signing off. So, okay, so then this leads us to the third piece here, the final piece, which has to do with the idea of listening with healing in mind. One of the great verses in the Bible, certainly in the New Testament, is so is valuable for us. James 5, verse 16, says this, Confess your faults one to another, your sins one to another, and pray for each other that you may what? You may be healed. For the, the, effectual, I, the way I memorized it, the older version says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It makes a huge difference. W wonderful things happen when people pray for one another. I mean, do you see all the stuff that's going on in this verse? I mean, there's so much stuff here. There's, there's the reminder of why we are engaged relationships and build, why we always talk about getting into a group, why we talk about building friendships that are based around a common desire to want to move forward with God. We, we talk about the value of having interactions and being involved in a ministry, being involved beyond a surface level. Why? Because that's where relationships can be built and that's where trust is established. And when trust is established, then there's the ability to really share. And it's only, there are some things. You know what this verse is saying? There are some things that, that God will only heal when they're confessed or when they're talked about. And another comes alongside and prays with you or with me on it. And we pray. Healing comes. There's some healing that won't just come between me and God. You say, well, can't God do it? Yes. But a lot of times, the way he mediates his grace is through other people. You say, what does that mean? What it means is there's something about humbling myself, risking being vulnerable, confessing my hurt, my sin, my shame, my struggle, and saying, I need you with me here. Will you be here with me, my brother or my sister? Can we talk about this? Can you hear me out? See, this idea of, you know, when you look at it, you go, oh, confession I get it. It's about just us telling others. But you know what? It, this actually does take us full circle. Why? Because what does confession imply? I mean, share. Think of it as sharing my stroke. What does it imply? You know what it implies? It's not just the person who's sharing. There's also got to be a person who's what? Who's listening. One another. So there are times where I'm, where I'm going to need to humble myself. And that's the real scary thing. I have an issue. I have fear. I'm really having a hard time. Where the real thing God's trying to get at is our pride. Because we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want to say it. But I can't get better till I own it, or at least acknowledge it. We say, what do you, can you hear me? And can you pray with me? Can we do this? Uh, can you believe for me? With me? There are times where we need, the, where the gift of God to us is a listening ear. 
And you know what a lot of people talk about? Wanting to honor God and serve God and, I, and, and believe the right thing. I, oh, I agree with all that. But you know what? One of the best ways we can honor the Lord is by being a listening ear for our friends and really genuinely hearing and praying for one another and, and, and really being available to support one another in the love of God. How valuable that is. What a blessing it is. What a gift it is to have people in our lives who we can pray with. And, and listen, that means there will be times where I'm going to be the one confessing. And, and sh- again, conf- think of it as more not so much saying, here, you know, you know absolve me. It's about, it's about help, help me strengthen my hand. Encourage my heart. It's different. It's about gotcha. It's about healing, that you may be, what, healed. Sometimes the, what we really need is just someone to listen and to pray with us. Now, here, okay, last, how can we know what to pray for if we're not really listening? How do we know what the real issue is? Sometimes God's trying to, we're hearing, really hearing a person, I'm listening for what the Lord wants, wants me to do here. How should we pray? What does God want to do? What's actually happening? Lord, give us wisdom. Sometimes we say, Lord, we don't really know what's happening here, but we look to you together to help us. See, powerful. That's very powerful dynamic. That's how God fashions us. That's how he grows us. All right. Lord, as we are here together in, in, in your house, we're, we're listening. We're listening to words. We're listening for you. Um, we are aware that one of the ways that you fashion and form us, and, and really that's what this closing song is going to be about, that one of the ways that you fashion and form us the way that you shape us and mold us and grow us, the way that you get into the deep places of who we are and begin to bring healing and and strength and growth is by having us be able to engage other people who also share a common desire to want to move forward with you. And out of that comes a release of power that is different than any other dynamic. I don't totally understand it, but I've seen it in action. There's something amazing that occurs when people agree together, when friends agree together, bound together in the love of God. And Lord, I just really ask that you would help us to not only um, have people in our lives, and we are grateful for those people who, who are available to hear our, hear our heart, but we also pray that we would be the type of people that are willing to listen and to be there for others and to hear out and to pray and to bless because you want us to be blessers in your name. I know that. So I just pray for these closing minutes, this closing song, before we rush off into the rest of our day, Lord. Let us sit with these truths. Let us, let us be open to your voice. We pray that you'd bless also our time of giving as we close our service out. May you be honored in that as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.